Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. She was so shocked and she was so upset and she thought it wasn't true. You know, like she went into that for a few seconds. And I remember thinking, I can't ring anybody else after this because I can't go there at that point. One of the most difficult things a person can experience in their lifetime is hearing the news that a loved one has died both prematurely and unexpectedly. In 2016, Neil Fox's life was changed forever after Gardy knocked on the door to inform him that his sister Donna had passed away in a cycling accident that morning. Thank you so much, Neil, for coming to talk to us about Donna and to talk about your experience um, with losing your sister who you loved so much. She sounds like she was a pretty incredible person. Can we start off by you telling us a little bit about who Donna was? Yeah, sure. Donna, obviously, was um, my younger sister. Um, there was three of us, so she she was the second, so I'm the eldest, and then there's Donna and Leanne. Um, so what can I say, really? Um, it's always strange when people ask you to describe her because... Um, I, the word that always comes to me before anything else is kindness and loyalty. You know, um, I really feel that um, more than anything. And she was a very sensitive person. Um, I mean, like thoughtful um, to, towards other people, especially in the family and close friends. But um, at the same time, she was a real outdoorsy person and very much used to mucking out and stable and stuff like that you know she was she was a jockey actually um and she was very involved in that when she was younger but she sort of changed um direction and she went into um nutrition area and that's a bit like like I remember the day she was born which is for I'm what am I five years I think about five years older um and I remember I remember more her coming home I, I just have a very vivid memory of them coming back to the house so it's it's kind of strange because when she died um, for ages, I could only really remember her as a child. I don't know what that was about. Like, I suppose there's so, we have so many rich memories of when we're children. But yeah, she was, as I said, a very kind, loving person. It was really strange because she was really excitable about certain things, Christmas and Halloween. Incredibly so. Like, um, I was just thinking before I came on, at Christmas, like even up until... Um, I didn't live there for the last couple of years, but we lived together, the three of us lived together for a while after our mum died. Um, and even at that point, when we'd go down uh, on Christmas morning, she'd make me go into the sitting room first, even though we were adults. Like, um, <laughs> it's yeah. just really funny. Like, you know? um, 
was she heading to work or heading back from work? She was working in a pharmacy down on Barrow Street. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. 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 You know, I was only thinking I've been in that pharmacy so many times. So have I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder. I wonder if our pads had crossed, crossed at some point. Yeah. <laughs> the strange thing is, after somebody dies, you often find that people you know, because we're not from the city now. Like Donna and me would have spent a lot of time in the city, but we're not from there. Um, and a lot of people in common, like friends of mine, didn't know she was my sister until afterwards, knew her from the from the chemist. It was strange. Like it's it is sort of a weird thing because it's sort of like six degrees of separation where suddenly somebody that you might see every day in a daily life and something like yeah. this happens yeah. and then all the pieces like a little jigsaw are put together. It's sort of quite comforting, though, when those people get in touch. Yeah, it was really it was really unusual because um, I was always surprised by it. And um, for some reason, it really kind of helped more than other things. It, it like it just felt like oh, that they knew her or something. I'm not, mm. I'm not sure why that was. But just on the on the morning, she would have been she was in work, I think, for half half past 11. And her boss um, told me that she had never been late. She was always really early for work. Um, so she was cycling from, she used to drive part, she lived near Denal, near Balbriggan direction. So North County Dublin. So she would drive part of the way and then cycle the rest. And um, so she would have cycled from Drumcondor or so. I think it was about 20 to 11, actually. We were told a different time at first, but I think it was it was earlier than we thought. And so she was on her way to, to work. And, you know, as we always say, as people always say, when something like that happens, it was just a normal day. It was normal Tuesday morning. Um, she'd been out for a run earlier in the morning at home. And because I, I know a cousin's wife had met her and she actually thought it was a mistake when there was a rumour that she had died later. But sorry, she she was cycling anyway. And she um, I'm going to say this when I say it, it can sound very clinical or mechanical sometimes you know because I suppose I'm used to talking about that day sometimes but she was hit by a lorry a delivery lorry um, that was turning left and she was going straight forward basically but she was in the cycle lane and and all that um, but um, she died within a few seconds as far as we we know anyway and it's, it's a strange one because I and I think we all felt the same, like um, the rest of the family and, and her, her partner and that, that um, at least she didn't, you know, at least we didn't have to make decisions that are very difficult to make when you're in shock, you know. Um, and had she been or had she been left in a really, you know, it's hard yeah. to know. But um, interestingly, a lot of people got in touch a good bit after, um, you know, that had been there on the day. And um, the girl who, who tried to save her and, and me have become friends since Amanda. And it was just really special when I met her. She would have been the last person with her. It's a comfort, though, isn't it, to know that somebody was with them and that, oh, like, Donna would have known that Amanda was with her yeah, at that time. Yeah. Even if it was just for a second or so, do you yeah. know, it's just to think that there was somebody there and that she jumped out of a car just to help she was she was trained in um cpr and that so so she did all that and there was a doctor driving as well on the scene so the nice thing is is that we've no or i've no sort of feeling that something could have been done for her that wasn't yeah. done and um, so you know that is that's a relief you've spoken a little bit about those early days and i think you've spoken about some 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 of the things that you've spoken about um in interviews or in the newspapers mm. 
I think are so important. And I, I think it's really brave that you've talked a little bit about the variations of what grief can look like. Cause I think a lot of times when people are faced with grief and they're surprised that it doesn't always come in just crying and crying and you're, yes. it comes in all different forms and you experienced um, some, some of the things that you talked about, I felt I connected to a little bit like okay. a haze, you know, an, an initial kind of a haze and a shock um, and not really that, not really being able to connect to that sort of tearful or mm. emotive side, but more of just that blind um, numbness maybe even for a while. What was that like for you to go through? And, you know, when did you move to the next phase? What was that like? Like, obviously, I, I taught a little bit before coming on and um, it's it's been a huge roller coaster, even though it's only it's four years, like it's recently is four years since she died. But um, you're right, like in the beginning, like when the two guardy came to I was living in a different house, obviously. So they came to me um, later. And um, when they told me, um, I just remember saying it's one of my sisters. I don't it just mm. automatically came out. Mm. But in, just in relation to the, to the numbness and that, um, I remember just like now I would say it's sort of an out of body experience. It was like it was happening to somebody else. And I knew I, I knew obviously it was happening to us. But I think my coping was to detach is the wrong word, but I knew to cope or to I would have to not fall apart. Um, yeah. And I suppose I went straight up into my head, which um, is you know, I used to say it's not healthy, but I think it was the way I managed. Um, and the, the the big thing was in the in in the early period, I was exhausted. Um, I was just, um, and I'm not like you know when my mother died. My mother died five years previous to that, and um, she cancer. She was young. She was only fifty one, but. Um, I was the opposite. I was very much able to organize things, the funeral and very on top of things and also quite emotional, not overly so, but like able to cry or show the normal is the wrong word now. But I really felt it afterwards, not in the first couple of months, but later I felt guilty that I wasn't crying or that I didn't Mm. have this hysteria. Like other members of family were that day were hysterical, you know, where like I, I don't say that lightly, but they were really devastated in an, in a very obvious way. I think, mm. um, like I made calls mm. some some other members of the family to let them know, and I re- I remember like it, it sounds so strange, but I remember my aunt, one of my aunts, Elizabeth, was on the phone, and she just went into complete. She was so shocked and she was so upset, and she thought she thought it wasn't true. You know, like it, it was like. She went into that for a few seconds. And I remember thinking, I can't ring anybody else after this because I can't go there um, mm. I, I, at that point. And I, yeah, I was devastated, like beyond heartbroken, but I was so shocked. I later, I was later told it was more traumatized mm. that I went into a, a different space. Actually, I, I remember someone saying it was like I was deathly calm. My cousin Lisa Marie yeah. was with me most of that day because she lived very close to where I was and we're very close anyway but um she said after now a good while after she said you were just so calm it was uncanny later on things did change like there was different stages to to it I, I think that I went from from being quite numb 
then to being quite angry and I didn't realize I was angry at the time but I was lashing out kind of and um um you know especially on social media and stuff like be really emotional and you know and and kind of it was as if I felt somebody was against me I don't know it was a very strange um strange time well you mentioned a word there trauma you know and I think that word we're starting to become a little more comfortable with like in general it's not a word that like I think especially in Irish culture that like we were comfortable using because you know it's almost like it's always reserved for something else but it's it's such an important word because there's so many things Mm -hmm. like when something is sudden and something is like you said like a you know a, a really difficult thing to even imagine happening to someone you love um trauma has a different kind of reaction than than even grief or than anything else it's not grief yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that was the I actually was the, I was consciously aware at that point like in the first month was a bit different because you're busy and and that but it was it was later it would have been in the November onwards was really difficult but um I was actually aware that I was in I was calling it shock I was in shock I wasn't in grief um you know it was or maybe I was but it, it wasn't like with my my friend my mother's deaths it was nothing like that it was like it was as if it was a story out there it wasn't and it was because of the nature of the death I think more so than anything else there was no preparation obviously it's quite like a, a, a crash is a violent death as well you know obviously not purposely but it's you know you, you know your mind goes everywhere um, and there's so many added dimensions to it. It's quite a strange feeling when that grief does come after the trauma because I totally identify with what you say about yeah. you go into it's almost like overdrive or it's like this coping mechanism you don't realize you have when it happens and when you're told the news or in that moment in the weeks that follow but when the grief does come it sort of knocks you off guard like I remember I would have periods where I would feel really good and every time it happens I would think oh the worst is over yeah and then (laughs) yeah um, it comes back at you and very much comparing I would compare myself all the time to how other people were reacting um, now, not so much about Donna, but just in general, um, when people died. And I was extremely, I think, hard on myself um, with, you know, it was, look back now and I, I you know, sometimes you wish you could go back and, and, yes. and change things a little bit. But it's just, you know, it is what yeah. it is, isn't it? And, you know, some of it is quite funny, some of the things like, mm. you know, and I, I think that forget like I was so forgetful and losing things and you know quite you know I I remember getting on the train and going to the wrong place one day and you know it was just so obviously that was that was more grief because that was um where you're 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 just I suppose there's emotion there's such sadness and kind of confusion as well over how you're going to go forward and 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 that and just, I think the the like in the second year, especially, the I would have started really to miss her more, and mm. to, for it was it was a delayed like I suppose you could say it was a delayed reaction. And I had that um, EMDR um, treatment on just before her second anniversary, and that helped that helped make it real. And I think it was after that that a more normal grief 
But as I say, anger and stuff like that, not about her dying, because like, it, it was, like I think I accepted that, but just over, like I would get worked up over very small things. People who, especially people who haven't been through a very close um, family member or loved one's death, they imagine, well, this is, is my view on it, they, they kind of imagine by then you're actually okay. Um, mm. um, but the seconds, and even going into the third year, I probably found harder in one way because there, there was a lot more feelings coming up. Um, and, um, you know, I drank a lot. And I look back, and I, I think I've said this before, I don't regret it because I think that had I not um, kind of gone out to the pub and stuff like that, I was isolating at that point completely. And I was staying in um, in in the house a lot. Um, but at least then I was getting out a bit. And I, I think that, you know, I think it's very much like a man kind of men sort of thing as well that you you self-medicate. Maybe we all do, but I, I think guys do it a bit. And I kind of went off on my own in my own little world, really, when for a period. And that complicates everything then, you know, because yeah. you've grief yeah. and then you're drinking. And I was quite depressed, obviously, as well. And, you know, so it was a really mixed you know a mixed period you know I make you, it sound you, awful don't you no. it was really yeah it was pretty bad like for, for a while. It, yeah. but I suppose yeah. like that's that's what we that the reason we have this this podcast the reason we have the conversation mm. is so that you know other people who have experienced it will hear that and say yeah it was just as bad for me and like mm. there's a comfort in that um it is hard to to it is hard to talk about it uh, in that honest way. Of course it is. But you've also mentioned that um, there's an element of like self-discovery or self-awareness that kind of happened for you um, that I think a lot yeah, of people, absolutely. a lot of people relate to that. Like, so, you know, when, when you go through all of this and you're learning so much about love and humanity and empathy and loss and just the, it's the whole kind of like this whole spectrum of, of who we are as people laid out in front of us and our hearts are kind of, cut right open you know um well you know in terms of when you're looking now four years it's which is not a long time I you know you said it as recently and I really love that you said that because for people who have lost someone four years is no time you know <laughs> what is the element of like sort of self-discovery or learning about who you are and yourself how, how has that been I think that like it's strange to say but in in a way like despite like the you know the obviously negative side of it um there has been a huge um journey um for me since um and I think that I I very empowering in in a strange way um mm. despite the rocky roads you know um like I would have I always struggled with being gay for example and it was very I was training as I I don't know if I've actually ever said this in in public before but I was training as a priest I was training to be a priest um at the time Donna died. Now I was only in the early enough stages, it was just a couple of years into it. So I was a religious, I was with a religious order. So I was a seminarian in Minute, but just, you know, um, a day pupil, not like I didn't live there or anything like that. Um, so everything crashed um, in a way, crashed is, the, the, yeah, it's funny. It was, it was more of a, a crash after the actual crash and, and for me, but um, everything was up in the air. I've always had a faith. Now, I wouldn't, I was never, which just sounds so ridiculous, isn't it? When you're training um, in, in religious order and you say you were never overly religious, but I wasn't. <laughs> like, I was more kind of a spiritual end. I'm wanting to help people. And I, you know, and that end would have been more stronger in me, maybe than rules and regulations. But um, as 
at that time, I had just this sense of complete absence of God or as my any sort of like I remember at Donna's funeral, I know I did say it, but it was just because everyone was saying it to me. I, I said that a lot of people um, were, were, were saying that it's comforting that she's with your mother. You know, this sort of a, a thing. Yeah. And it might be controversial maybe to say this, but I've no, um, I had no connection with that at all. And I didn't, and it was, it's strange from maybe from the Catholic or Christian faith saying that, but I, with Donna, now with my mum and with other people who had died, I always felt, you know, that, you know, that they went on to a, to heaven or whatever. And, you know, it's a very Irish thing. But um, I think the reason it was so difficult was I just had no sense of that. I had no sense that there was anything after for a while. So I couldn't feel close to my normal connection. So I felt I'd lost my sister and... Um, my face if you want to call it that and so there was a lot going on and and, and that it makes sense that it, I suppose to a lot of people you go either way you sort of either become super religious and very spiritual yeah. or you walk away so it makes total sense yeah at that point like it's different now like a like but it was I think it was like in fairness like it was difficult like um because when you're in a religious setting you're you're expected not by the other people in the order or the other priests that I don't mean but you're people expect on the outside that you have really great faith so you've you're you know you're okay um you're, you've you've that comfort in vertical commas but I didn't feel that I just felt lost um for a while in that way but I went to what I, I suppose what we were talking about being a bit more empowered or something like that I started being really honest and I just said to them what was going on. I said, I, I don't feel happy here anymore and, and all that end of it. Um, I love the study and doing philosophy and it was something at least, there was a bit of structure to my days, but I just couldn't. So I left, I, le I left um, I, the properly, I suppose, because I, I, I continued to live there for a while in, in, in Dublin. Um, but I did leave about a year after, I think it was about a year like properly like I had more or less left but I was still staying with the community they were very good to me like um, you know and they were really they were really good even though I don't think they understood exactly what was going on with me but um, <laughs> you know they there was yeah there was some level of support um, religious people are strange with that um, they they've a, they've a difference this is my view like like I remember being really we're talking about anger like as well I remember being really annoyed that nobody from the seminary or nobody apart from the, the particular order I was in, um, nobody else came to Donna's funeral. Um, and like that was kind of like my, we'll say, work. And like if you were working on anything else, you know, and Donna's very, very right. public, you know, so mm. it wasn't like, you know, that they didn't hear. Um, mm. Now, one was good. He messaged a few times in that, but it was a bit strange. And I think... You know, when you look back, they always say you remember who didn't go to the funeral more than the people who did. And it's a strange one like that, you know. Mm. Um, so I was disillusioned. Um, but the good thing was, like, my life changed pretty radically um, in the last two or the last four years in that I became more, despite the personal journey was really difficult. But in terms of doing things, I kind of spoke up for road safety and cycling and I did all that end of it, the campaign stuff. 
and that really helped that probably saved me um yeah um and then as I say about the sexuality and I like I I remember I wrote I think it was for the journal I remember writing about that sort of journey because Donna Donna was uh, was gay she was in a relationship with with Anne-Marie um and they were actually they were engaged um um, they were going to get married I think the following year and they were you know it, it just it all felt you know Neil you've got to get a grip here you know and accept yourself and I think that's what Donna taught me um mm -hmm. was to you know people thought I was okay about this but like inside I never really accepted it I would have been quite um they call it internalized homophobia in a way I wasn't homophobic <laughs> towards anyone else only myself um, <laughs> But um, when somebody dies like young and suddenly uh, in your family, you've to, you reevaluate, you know, yeah. not immediately, but, you know, and I think that, you know. Well, you realise you've one chance, I think. Yeah. And that, you know, to go for it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You mentioned that um, Donna, like, was kind of became your guide, um, which I think is, you know. How, did you kind of did your relationship with her and, and, and maybe it didn't so tell you know but did it reconnect then over the years in the sense that um, sometimes people feel really disconnected from the person that they lost especially in the few months or years after their death but then the, a relationship maybe continues a little bit um, even though they're gone and they can kind of have some sort of place in your world whether they're a guide or someone a lot of people talk to the person that they lost um, a lot of people do they, they they just have them in their lives in different ways has, has she kind of she how is she in your life now yeah, it's it, it's a good question because I, I I think that's a difficult thing for some of us to kind of integrate, if you want to use that word, integrate the person that's gone, that's left this world. But because they're such a part of you um, and, and you've so much love and so many memories and that, that, you know, you can't block it out. I know some people do, but um, I don't think that's healthy. So I, I had to find a path, I suppose, in that. Um, and it's difficult to say, like, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm very, maybe very unusual because I hear, I, like, I've read a few books and that on grief and on other people's experiences. And some of it I don't connect with, like the, as you said, talking to the person. Um, mm. I don't do that, but I don't do that with anybody I know that died. And it's not that, I don't know, I just, I don't. Um, and I also think, in a funny sort of way, I think, I think leave them alone, you know. <laughs> Um, you know you know like we don't really know what 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 the soul's journey is or whatever but um, mm. but on a yeah like right now I, I would say like Donna's guided me as you say in in I suppose she do she was a really good example for me even though she's younger than me of somebody who when they wanted something or you know had a, an interest in something like she would really go after it um and she was very conscientious on that. And I suppose with um, road safety and things like that, 
I had a very clear targets of what I wanted to, um, to do. Um, and so with that, I always feel she guides me in that. And like, I would always think, especially in the early period, because I, Jesus, I questioned everything I was doing back then, because I was thinking, should I do this? Should I say that? Um, you know, you're, I was nearly too worried about what other people might think. Um, and yeah. also, and it's true, like even doing this or things like that, I always think, what would Donna think of this? And she definitely wouldn't. She definitely wouldn't speak in public about anything. But um, I mean, like, the, like, is my heart in the right place when I do things? But you lose a lot of your confidence when somebody right, passes okay. away suddenly and you haven't had like, a proper chance to say goodbye. And all. I think a lot yeah. of your confidence for the first couple of years goes. You sort of second question yourself all the time. Yeah, and it's fear. I think is it um, is it your man C.S. Lewis wrote that grief is like fear, and yeah. a, there is an element of that. Like Neil, I'm so glad you mentioned that quote because it like that was the quote when I read that it really, really yeah. oh my god it was the one quote that overwhelmed me when I read that after my mother died because it was the only time I'd ever seen anybody describe it as as anything other than what I thought it was going to be, which is just like this sadness. Sadness. You know, and I, I just yes. remember thinking it was so powerful to think of it as fear, because when you think of fear, you are afraid of living your life without them. You are afraid of like not only that, but mortality, your own mortality. Mm. Like, you know, there's so mm. much um, and especially in in Donna's case where she her life was taken so unexpectedly. Um, in terms of your road safety work and, and, and all of that, um, you know, is there. Are you still working on the campaigns? Is this something that you think will be something that you will work on throughout your life? Yeah, like in the beginning, I, I'm I'm what you would call an accidental campaigner because I had yeah. no um, I had no plan in the in the beginning. It was it was um, a politician rang me um, about two weeks. I think it was two weeks after, a little less than that, and asked, "Would I? Would I? Did I want to speak as they were having a a, a rally?" Um, about cycling safety and to try and improve um, improve the safety measures, but also um, promote it. Um, and he just asked me to say a few words. So I did that um, and I just, I think meeting other people that were cycling in the city and seeing, cause they were really, they were really affected by it. Um, mm. even though they didn't know Donna, um, but um, they were quite affected by it. And so I started hearing their stories and talking to people and, I didn't because I know I know some people think I'm obsessed about it, but I'm not. It's just I feel that not many people were speaking out on cycling. Um, I certainly didn't encounter that that had lost somebody, and I just felt I was I was meant to do that, and it was it felt like a juicy to be honest because it's, you know you're you're obviously more emotive at that period. Um, and so you you nearly feel you've saved the world in a way from going through the same thing as you did. But um, so, yeah, it began like by kind of chance, really. But I was very aware in the beginning. Um, as I say, I was very much living in my head back then. So I, I was quite functional on, a, on one level, an intellectual level. So I was able to think, well, this is a chance to do something good. Um, but, you know, I'm not silly. Like I, I knew that you stop being on the front pages or in the news after you die, you know, like, a, like it was a big story at the time or whatever. And, um, and a lot of younger people's stories are a big story at the time, but then you don't really hear again. And um, so I kind of knew I had to do something early. So 
so in the first year I, I kind of I, I met a lot of people I, I don't know what I was doing like I just ran all sorts of organizations and I would meet them and talk to them and um, they were all really supportive in that and so I I really I, I just I really enjoyed trying to do something mm. and, like there was there was a campaign already um about uh, what was then called the minimum passing distance legislation yeah. for overtaking yeah. So I really, now I was pretty passionate about that. And um, I think people were surprised that I, I just really, um, I got very involved in it. And I, I knew that I could get some publicity for it. And it, like my point was not just getting the legislation in, and it is in now, um, but it was more to make drivers um, aware that, you know, this was, it was important to have a, you know, a safe enough space between themselves and, and a cyclist. So that's why I did the publicity around it. It was, you know, and that's why I still speak about cycling a lot because it, it's to make it real um, and to humanize it, um, which sounds ridiculous now. But at that time, there was such a negative attitude towards cyclists. Um, so I think I'll be, I'll, I'll stay involved in, in it in some degree, definitely. Thank you for that work that you're doing. It's so important. I think it's going to become even more important as the city has been really changing, especially in mm. Dublin, um, towards a more cycle-friendly environment. Um, yeah, it's been positive, definitely. Yeah. 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 Um, so thank you for all the work you're doing and, um, and for coming on and talking to us about Donna. Um, I think that talking, you know, telling us about her and the journey you went through is going to help a lot of people who listen to the podcast. So I really appreciate you sharing with us. Yeah, so thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.